Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another celebrity special or celebrity square special of the Access VFX podcast. This is episode 33 and our first ever live stream. So everybody make some noise. Come on. (laughs) Okay, so this is the the fifth part of our stay at home series, continuing to address our new normal. And the second part of our staying well while staying in um, series, where we check in with our guests two weeks after the first instalment, where we discuss resilience and mental health and just how we're doing in terms of just keeping ourselves above the, the mental health kind of waterline. We all saw uh, Jenny's um, diagram from the last episode. So I should also mention that uh, George from Sanctus uh, unfortunately sends his apologies. He's unable to rejoin us on this second parter, which George, if you're listening, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, because we kind of want to talk about where we're at three weeks into lockdown now or two weeks after our last episode. So I want to kind of make this very clear, you know, on this, uh, this episode, this live episode, there are no mental health experts on this call. What we want to do is focus more on, you know, what we've learned during our mutual lo- lockdown. So concentrating more on, you know, our learnings, our new challenges, more tips and advice uh, to keep our kind of uh, resilience and wellness on point. So, so that we can bring as much value to the episode as well, I want to kind of ask our live audience, not just to engage through questioning, but also share your own tips and advice too when the opportunity comes up. So we'll be checking the live feed. So please engage with it. Uh, we'll make sure we cover all of the points because I'm not sure how many people we've got uh, listening right now because I'm reading from my lovely script. Um, but um, we'll do our best to kind of cover everyone's points. And if anybody's got some great ideas, some great tips and tricks, please let us know. Okay. So I'm going to dive straight into it by getting uh, this lovely grid I see before me to introduce themselves. So uh, let's kick things off with Pete. Hi, I'm Pete Rogers. I'm the Managing Director of Bait Studio in Cardiff. Hi, um, I'm Sarah. I'm the HR administrator of Framestore in London. Thank you, Sarah. Hi, um, I'm Rory. I'm a VFX producer from Milk in London. Thank you, Rory. Rory, it's your first podcast, so you're a newbie today, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you. Uh, hi there, I'm Paul Wilkes, uh, Global Head of um, Talent Acquisition for Advertising for The Mill and NPC. Did that without moving his lips as well, that was amazing. Next. Hi, I'm Grace. I'm marketing coordinator at Blue Zoo. Thanks, Grace. Hey there, I'm uh, Tom Box, co-founder of Blue Zoo Animation Studio. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Hi, I'm Chloe. I'm recruiter at Foundry. Thank you, Chloe. Oh, wrong way. Easy. Hi, <laughs> I'm Sarah, HR director at Jellyfish Pictures. Hi, I'm Jez. I am the production technology department manager here at DNEG. Brilliant. Thanks, Jez. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm the Head of Talent Development at Escape Studios. Thank you, Andy. Welcome back. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jenny, and I look after PR and comms at Milk. Brilliant. Thank you, Jenny. And if you're new to the, uh, the Access VFX podcast, I'm Simon Devereaux. I'm the founder and director of Access VFX. Um, so let's delve straight into it. So my first lovely open question is, how are we all doing? 
how are you doing now that it's like three, four weeks? Andy, thumbs up there. Anybody want to talk about how they're doing? Yeah, any new challenges that have come up? I'm going to start with Rory as our new big workaway round. Hi, thanks. Um, I've been using the phrase uh, surviving but not thriving. Uh, ah, nice. <laughs> I think that kind of um, sums it up in a nutshell. Uh, muddling through, uh, but aware that we're in a in an incredibly different situation and, and finding the new normal. Okay, thank you, Rory. Chloe, you had something to add. Yeah, um, I think in the last few weeks it's, it's gotten harder, um, especially on the recruitment side in some companies. And I think for me, the biggest thing I've sort of learned that works for me is structure in the day. Um, okay. of really trying to balance my mental health by getting outside and doing exercise as well as getting the, the time frames right compared to what I used to do in work. So that's sort of where my, my head's at. <laughs> so a bit more structure. Pete, did you have your uh, logo up? I was just going to say that, um, yeah, it's, things have definitely changed since the last time you all spoke. I think at the time it was like, well, it's just like being in work, but you're at home. Yeah. And then the longer it goes on for, the more things change, whether it's a long weekend, whether it's different people being off or um, you're trying to balance kind of social interaction and sometimes having a bit, yeah. maybe going, well, I should, do I need to speak to everyone I've ever met in the next few evenings? Or can I just yeah. make, just chill and step back? And I find actually finding time for yourself and actually just, I think you're so conscious of having to be, act slightly differently than you would normally. You end up almost overcompensating. So I think this last weekend, I've just got to go, actually just find a little bit more. A little yeah. Paul. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, um, you know, I've found that there is a bit of routine coming into play, but um, definitely my kids are getting a little bit frustrated just with the, you know, the sort of confinement, I guess, and the the lack of kind of stimulus. You know, I think they're missing going outside and going to new places, seeing their friends. And it definitely it's kind of, you know, they've been really good and they're continuing to be great. But you yeah. can see that it's starting to uh, starting to get to them a little bit. Yeah, uh, Jess and Jenny. I think what I've realised is um, there's definitely good days and bad days. I think, you know, after the first after the first podcast we did, that day I actually had a bit of a panic attack on the way to the supermarket. And previous to that, I was completely fine. I was helping everybody else. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, it just really hit me. And then since then, it's been okay. And then there's been other days when I've felt down again. But I think it's really realising that some days are just going to be good. Some days are going to be bad. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, I agree with you, definitely. I think, again, it's the surviving whilst thriving thing, isn't it? Jenny, and then I'm going to loop back to Grace. Yeah, jumping from what Jez has just said as well, it's accepting that there are going to be ups and downs. And then I think once you realise that, it's easier overall to get a bit more perspective rather than thinking, oh my God, today is horrific. Yeah. And the more time goes by, the easier. And I think for me, taking each day at a time has really helped. Yeah, yeah, because there's been a lot of conversation around, you know, uh, it could be months and that just strikes fear in the heart of a lot of people. So I think just going, surviving each day one, one at a time is, is really important. Um, Grace? Yeah, that's definitely been the way I've been approaching it. I think every time I thought of it as this long span of everything being so different, yeah. I know that was when things were getting quite scary for me. But I've been doing a lot of listening to my, my body, my mind. Um, doing more of what makes me feel happy and doing noticing when I'm having those bad days and what possibly has triggered that and been yeah. made myself feel not as great as I could have. Yeah. And being unapologetic about doing those things that make you feel happy as well. Um, Sarah, Tan. Yeah, I think I was going to just, um, 
I think what it feels like is um, the franticness of that first week or so as everyone's trying to get into a new routine um, when we've sort of been forced into it quite quickly um, and the over um, overstimulation of over communication over communication like teams and zooms and mm. one knows what video calls which felt really really heady and, and really full-on I think that that bit feels like it's settling down slightly now I think yeah. everything that everyone's saying there in terms of the good days and the bad days and trying to take it day by day let alone week by week a lot happens within a week um so just trying to do it bit by bit but also i think from from my point of view in terms of looking at internally how, how pe the communication that we're we're having with our um teams not trying not to over communicate too much and give and push too much out there and balance it between different types of personality types really or, or preferences mm -hmm. you know introverted versus extroverted and trying to keep people connected but without trying to do too much that okay. is just not going to float someone's boat you know trying to find something that suits a little bit of something that someone might be able to get hooked into that might make themselves feel a little bit better trying to yeah. creatively think of different things that might resonate with someone um you know across across a big team really yeah we talked a lot about overcompensation on the last episode now typically because we also talked a lot about working from home. When you work from home, under normal circumstances, you overcompensate a bit and you deliver too much. And a few of you on this calling through our, our subsequent conversations have said it's, it, we feel busier now than we ever have two weeks ago. Has that changed now? Because a lot of you are talking about taking time out, you know, the novelty's worn off now. So uh, are we kind of getting a bit of control back to that now, do you think? Um I was going to say it's, it's, it's especially weird after the bank holiday weekend when you're, when you haven't got an office to go to and then you suddenly got to get back into the swing of work, yeah. but staying in the same room almost. And I think that's kind of like quite a, a, a big impact. I'm sure a lot of people are going through at the moment of how to, how to really try and kind of egg yourself on to get back into the swing of things when there's no real yeah. step between work and, and home. So I think it's then, you really need to kind of work out how you can differentiate the two as much as possible. I mean, partly through the, some of the things we talked about before in terms of having those routines, sticking to some of the same things that you did in terms of routine when, when you were um, uh, in the, in the olden days. So yeah. to speak. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's even if it's just, you know, going out for a, you know, going out for a jog or a walk in the morning, just to, to break up that, getting up time to start your yeah. work time i think all of that is is been today i felt that a lot more especially after the week long exactly. weekend there's been this mad run and then this brutal stop at easter weekend isn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> um, andy yeah i was just gonna yeah same as you tom you know i find it quite um my eyes don't seem to be focusing very well you know i've got a bit of rsi i think in my elbow as well i think that's from whatsapping too much and mm. going back to the thing about information overload and what Sarah said as well things have calmed down and but I said this will make you laugh I um my, I said to my flatmate this morning um I said I've got my trousers on today I've been wearing shorts all weekend you know I said I've got my trousers on today mate that means I'm at work okay so, so, <laughs> the distinction know, yeah. yeah I'm at work now I've got trousers on sort of thing I don't know it's a silly thing to say in many ways but there is that point of just thinking right back at work now yeah you know back at you work mental switch don't you needed that time off to refresh and um but to be honest like i'm glad that i'm back at work now because i was starting to feel a bit disconnected mm. by sunday and yesterday as well and i was thinking you know too much time to think is not good and um mm. that day-to-day -day, taking things one day at a time is the only way to get through this i think yeah 
that's a fair one thanks andy um rory you had your hand up oh yeah um so i have previously worked from home uh last year i think i did two afternoons a week um, and one of the things I learned very early on uh, was defining a space and saying, right, when I'm at this space, I'm at work. And when I step away from this space, I'm no longer at work. I'm back at my home and mm. create a mental barrier between those two spaces to allow yourself a safe space to work, but also a s space to step away from and, and mm. remember that you are back at home. Um, yeah. And it really helped with sort of stopping work encroaching on my personal life and help keep that balance mm. and stop overcompensating. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, we've got a question come in. I'm going to come to Chloe, um, Jenny and Sarah shortly on uh, YouTube. So from uh, Milio Polcaro, apologies if I've um, pronounced that wrong. So uh, they've asked uh, what changes for recruitment or how the current situation, the C word, will change recruitment. So what's get, once we're all back in the land of the living, what's going to be different from a recruitment point of view, do you think? And that's probably to our recruiters on the call. Chloe. Um, I think, to be fair, it's sort of a, a mixture of both. It's actually given us the ability to figure out how to do remote recruiting. So being able to get more involved in um, remote interviews and um, giving the hiring managers a better understanding of how to um, talk to people in a remote sense and, and be able to understand the culture aspects and that side of it. So mm -hmm. for us, we're still um, being able to recruit remotely. We're being able to onboard people remotely, but it is it comes with its challenges of being able to, to find the right candidates and, and make them feel as comfortable as possible not being in, a, in an office environment when they're interviewing. So I think it's been quite enlightening and I think it gives us a lot um, more to work with in the future when things go back to normality of having okay. both aspects. Thanks, Chloe. Sarah Tanner, you were going to say something? Yeah, probably echoing quite a lot of what I, um, Chloe said there, actually, that um, it's quite exciting in a way that... Um, we're kind of plunged into this new platform of, of the world's your oyster in some respects in terms of recruitment. So we're, we're able now to recruit anyone from all over the world. We've got people working in India, got people working in America um, that we wouldn't have never, we would never have necessarily thought of right here, right now. And we probably would have put maybe some of the old fashioned barriers up in the sense of, uh, no, we need everyone in the studio rather than, you know, the, the remote working thing. Um, I think yeah. from my point of view as well, um, there was the, the ever-looming Brexit down the road and how that might impact us as we go along further down, further down mm. the line. And so um, it just has opened our eyes perhaps um, at just the right time, really, about what, what, what else is out there, what other talent can we kind of still utilise yeah. um, still within the industry, as well as having UK, obviously UK... Um, 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 teams as well and talent so I think it's just it's really exciting about actually what, what are the other options and let's be really good at remote working as, as best as we possibly can within the yeah. confines of that being a, an alternative to studio working and all the limit limitations perhaps that come with it but as Chloe yeah. said having a really good onboarding process really good induction process how do we do that how do we technically make it work and how do we from how do we include them in a team and make them feel part of our company okay thank you Sarah Paul you're gonna add to that yeah, I mean, I suppose a more kind of immediate effect for us, I think, will be that in the short to medium term, there is going to be more requirement for full CG and design-led projects rather than VFX, because obviously, as we know, you know, uh, live action shoots are, are severely restricted. So I think, you know, we're starting to think about what our team might look like in the next, uh, you know, two, three months, and, and there might be a little bit of shift towards that uh, um, you know, obviously still photo real work, but, but potentially um, much more full CG. 
Okay, thanks, Tom. Uh, sorry, not Tom, Freudian slip. Thanks, Paul. Tom. Um, I was just <laughs> going to say um, it, it relates back to our other podcast on um, kind of getting out there whilst, whilst staying in, mm. uh, which is, I think, it, it really, um, really makes everyone really up their game when it, when it comes to kind of presenting yourself and communicating because there's because you're not going to be sitting in front of anyone in a meeting room being interviewed it's all going to be online therefore mm. all your communication skills has to be absolutely uh, better than ever to really mm. to come across well and there's there's no ability to kind of really to slip up there because mm. you're just uh, uh, you know you're very much leveled between everyone else because yeah. geography doesn't really matter at the moment yeah, that's a really good point. And actually, all of you have mentioned words kind of like exciting, creative. Is there something, coming back to our theme around kind of wellness and mental health and keeping on top of things, is there something quite uh, enriching in this excitement, you know, that we're changing the game, an opportunity to be more creative, to think differently? I mean, per, on a personal level, you know, I have my ups and downs. I mean, the, the, the surviving while thriving thing is a great um, term I'll probably keep using throughout this, this episode. <laughs> but while, when I feel down or have my bad days, I still get quite excited about the prospect of what life's going to be like after this. Tom? Um, I think, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned it before, but I think it, it, there is that real positive, the fact that a lot of uh, studios will really embrace work from home and trust yeah. their employees to work from home where, where they, where it's, uh, they have permission to do it. And I think that really makes, will hopefully make everyone's lives a lot more enjoyable because they won't have to maybe commute every day if they can work from home a day or mm. two a week and have that nice balance between going into the studio and working from home so they can kind of really get their day working for how they best work. So everyone's mm. getting the best out of everyone rather than being forced to work how one particular person decides mm. to work. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Andy? Yeah, I'm, I hear exactly what you're saying about the excitement thing. It's funny, isn't it? it kind of ebbs and flows. So yeah. The emotions, the range of emotions I go through personally are quite, you know, um, same as everyone, I'm sure. But there's definitely some ex a lot of excitement in, in certain areas. And I think that the idea of remote working, again, particularly um, when I come on these kind of podcasts, I always think of it in terms of the, I try and put myself in the position of uh, our students particularly or younger people, <clears throat> young people who are entering the job market. And I just wonder if uh, perhaps it opens up more um, possibilities for working internationally as well. Um, mm. for people, you know, younger people who are, who are new entrants. Um, mm. I mean, you know, it's a comment, but I'd also be interested to, to, to hear what, the, the, what you guys think about that as well. Uh, those of you that have um, facilities in different parts of the world, you know, where, where actually, as we know, um, a lot of the entry-level jobs are these days, you know, for example. Mm. So, maybe, you know, Andrew Slushall made some, a very good point when I spoke to him recently. He was talking about making um, from crisis to opportunity. And I think that as, as humans, uh, and particularly, you know, we do work in creative industries, and I think that creative people will come up with creative solutions. That's what mm. I'm hoping, anyway. That's what I'm banking on, you know. So and, that, and we need, to, we need to, to harness that as well. I think it's really key. Um, Sarah, you had a point. Sarah Framestor. Yeah, um, just about like the excitement and the change that this is going to bring. I think everyone I talked to, like one of the points that everyone, even if in different levels, agrees is that it's going to be a brand new world once we, we go back to our normality because we're going to, like 
talking just about myself, I think I'm never going to rent a place that doesn't have a desk and a space that makes me work from home because mm. it may be that I want to do it. It may be that I have the necessity to do it in the future. Mm. But at the same time, I think uh, I'm going to appreciate so much to just go to the kitchen uh, in the office and make my tea and speak to like 10 people that I'm not talking to right now because there's some people that I only bump into in the kitchen and I mm. don't actually work closely with. Um, mm. And I think and people are going to have an appreciation for being able to work from home and be more flexible, but at the same yeah. time, personally, I'm, I'm, I have a great appreciation about the office and having a place to work at and everything that... Mm. Ha is that community uh, that we are trying to live as much as possible digitally but of course like not being in the building is something that Thanks, I Sarah. personally miss. Brilliant, thank you Sarah. Rory? Uh, yeah just to uh, echo a little bit of what Andy said I think the um, the excitement for me comes from the idea that um, you know it's no secret that living in London is one of the most expensive cities in the world um, to live and work from and when you're looking for an entry-level position you know um, the financial implications of making that move sometimes hinder you from um, opening doors to certain opportunities and I think the idea that we're seeing that remote working is working for a lot of people mm. kind of opens up this whole box of sort of socio-economical yeah. diversity all over the country where people who might not have had the opportunities before can yeah. provide their talents to bigger studios so it's because it has to work isn't that's the thing with where you can't there's no kind of question it has to work it's not like a trial this is yeah. happening now right so there's no motivator like necessity <laughs> exactly yeah. no so you're dropping some quotes i love it um so i've got a lot of you lined up a lot of uh, phones have been handed up so i'm going to come around to all of you but paul you are the the next in line to throw in your two pen of yeah, I was just going to say, um, on the back of what Tom was saying, really, I think that there's there's a, a trust is maybe the, the the wrong word, but you know, there's this um, relationship going to be built up between um, companies and their employees that mean that you know when the chips are down, people are working hard and they're finding creative ways to work in mm -hmm. very difficult circumstances. And so, hopefully, the kind of the long term gain here is that this relationship now kind of allows that flexibility for people mm. to work you know not following the normal day-to-day -day, uh, hours and mm. uh, you know be able to give their best for the companies but in yeah. you know in, in different times and from different locations absolutely thank you um tom yeah, your um, yeah i was just going to say it does it does uh uh kind of create problems on the new entrance side of it just because so many new entrants especially even uh, the young you go when it comes to friendships they, they only work when you have that physical access. It's very hard to, to almost shadow someone when you can't see them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's the same thing for runners. So there, there is a real issue we have to deal with in terms of how we can make sure that that kind of thing continues uh, at the moment and work out how we can make sure that those, uh, those entry routes don't, don't fall away. Um, mm. So I think it's, it's more important than ever that we really focus on those, those routes for new entry, new entry and don't just become, um, just take the easier, just picking those people who already have experience. Yeah, yeah, that's a challenge for sure. Jenny? I was going to say, um, how, well, it's a testament to how creative we are generally as human beings that we're three weeks in now and everyone's, if you think about how we've adapted to what, what the situation was pre this 
situation and how we are now, how far we've come in just 21 days. Mm. If you stop and look back at that, that's actually pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what it'll be like in a couple of months, right? It's going to be a game changer. Uh, Chloe, you had your phone aloft. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just thinking um, one of the good things that we've seen, it's building a better relationship between remote workers and, and, and the office space employees. Like the last few weeks has really given us a chance to get a lot closer uh, as um, co-workers, uh, as a business, rather than the people that are office space, they all get to do lots of different um, activities together. It's more combined and I think working on a project that actually enhances that further down the line when things go back to normal is going to be really mm -hmm. exciting for us. Yeah, and relationships are still being enhanced, right? I mean, yes, we're not having that physical connection, but you can still keep those relationships kind of chugging along, can't Definitely. you? And Grace? Oh, thank you. I've been, um, just going on from that relationship thing, I feel like it's been quite, it's been a lot more deliberate than um, before when we were all in the same working space. I have mm. to, I, I said in the last episode, but I have to make that effort to um, arrange. I'm talking more in, from a social perspective. I had to make mm. that effort to um, arrange that um, video call or um, kind of try and get people to do things rather than just sort of running into each other at the, at the pub after work or whatever. So um, that's been a little bit, sort of deflating for me I must mm. admit like at times I've really missed just you know speaking to people and it being quite easy in that way uh, I think I really took that for granted but I've yeah. been finding inspirations in a lot of like unexpected ways I feel like um like people dressing up on zoom calls yeah. and <laughs> silly stuff really honestly just um things that are unexpected um thinking thinking a little bit outside the box within obviously these are extreme confines that we find ourselves in finding those just tiny bits of um silliness and fun um have been a big inspiration to me thank you grace um i'm gonna just run through uh, the next Three, no, three of you, that's not great grammar. And then we've got a comment come through the YouTube channel. So Rory, you're gonna to add to the thread. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say as well, um, this whole experience has really highlighted the fact that there seems to be this uh, rigidity when you're working from a studio environment that you're working, you know, nine to five or whatever. But, um, you know, this has proven in, in practical terms that there can be more flexibility than that. Mm. And flexible working hours really seem to be working for us. And if you want to take an hour to take the dog out or go to the supermarket, yeah. it, it, it works. And I think that's a really exciting yeah. thing that would be good to carry forward. Yeah, I, I moved a meeting to go to the supermarket, which never happened at work. Like, yeah, that was, it was important, and, you know, I needed to stock up. Um, Sarah Tanner, you were going to add to the thread. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was just going to add probably to, to those points a little bit about, um, I feel like one of the traits that have been brought out quite a lot about this is, is about, um, to your point, Tom, earlier about trust. But people, I think, are being really honest about how they feel, and we're encouraging people to be really honest. So mm. whether that's how they feel um, on the day, whether they need a little bit of help. Um, we do like little pulse surveys just to check in with people to see mm. how they're feeling really on a scale of one to five. five. Are they feeling great, pretty good today, or are they feeling a little bit rubbish? Are they yeah. um, Just as a get of an indication, really, of where different teams are, whether it's okay in one group versus another, just to get a sense, yeah. really, of where people are. But the whole thing, I have noticed people being quite honest with with how they're feeling, really. And, and it mm. does help with being able to empathise with people who are perhaps in, in the trickiest, you know, more tricky situations. The staff that we've had to put on furlough um, mm. have been really, really um, honest and really um, grateful for some support and us being honest with them about where we mm. are. Um, 
and it allows people to be sort of empathetic with each other a little bit as well mm. um so we try to it's the balance isn't it really between trying to be optimistic trying to think about the opportunity trying to be creative about um what the world looks like um as as we evolve over the coming few weeks and and try and get to some back to some sense of normality but mm. um so taking the best from it but also just having a look taking time because it's not easy at all for many many people um yeah. and we don't necessarily always know people's circumstances so particularly in the visual effects side of things and live action is it's really tricky mm. um that's the bit that's really impacting impacted us a lot um so just having some balancing the way we talk to people the way the sensitivities and keeping conversations really important so be optimistic but be you know yeah. good balance i think is really important it's about being more acutely aware of each given situation, particularly from, a, I imagine, from an HR point of view, you know, you, every, everyone's situation is so different and um, you would always interact in a different way in the office or in the studio, but now that you're completely disconnected, yeah. that's, that's polarised even more, isn't it? I guess. So that, that's tricky, having, having difficult conversations with people mm. via teams or you know whatever you're, you're conferencing it is Absolutely. when normally you would be able to sort of have a have a really sort of quite close and sensitive conversation but it, you know it's the best of a, of a tricky situation mm. um but trying to have extra sort of sort of sympathy or empathy in that situation really thanks sarah paul wilkes you were going to say something yeah actually i was just going to um comment on the comment that came through from youtube i don't know oh, if you, want to you might sort of, yeah, do you want me to read it out and then maybe yeah, we, can, we can all dive into it so this is a comment from uh, billy p on youtube so when we were talking about kind of uh, the junior and senior staff relationship, he said, I disagree uh, to a comment a while ago. I think juniors need senior staff directly next to them to help because chats and emails aren't really sufficient to help their progress or help solve problems. So, Paul, did you want to jump on that? And then I'm going to go. Yeah, to I mean, I, I suppose, you know, the thing that, you know, we're not all going to suddenly shut up shop and have totally remote workers. You know, that's that's not the future from here. Yeah. I think that, you know, what's clear is that, there is the ability for more of our staff to work in a flexible way, not necessarily mm. always remotely. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, the studio environment still is going to play a huge part in the creative businesses, both mm. in terms of the nurturing of talent, but also the output of creativity, you know, that environment where people can just share ideas and, 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 you know, and, and be creative together is really important. Mm. <clears throat> so, I think it's not, you know, it's not suddenly that this is going to change. Everyone's going to shut their offices and people are going to spread out across the, you know, across the world. I think those hubs are still going to exist. And, uh, you know, but hopefully what we'll get is, is to a better place where, you know, the creative hub exists, but then also people have the freedom and the space to, uh, you know, to work from another location as well. I think actually for entry level, uh, you know, for new entrants, um, their first role may well be going into a studio environment and uh, you know and that's uh, that's going to be important. Absolutely thanks Paul. Um, uh, Rory and then Chloe. Uh, yeah I just wanted to say um, sort of in in real terms funnily enough the, the day that uh, we went on lockdown um, I was supposed to start training a new member of HR who joined the team because that's where my background was within the company and and to be able to do that remotely has been difficult. And I've been sort of recording tutorial videos and sending them to her. Um, but what I realized today is actually, although this is not the most ideal way of working and one-on-one and -on -one training is, is far better, what we're actually doing is building a database of these videos that are gonna be there forever now and, and building a real database of resources that can be used in the future. So there are, there are positive aspects to working that way. Yeah, absolutely. Chloe, you're gonna add to that. 
Um, yeah, I was just going to agree with Paul really on it's for us, it's really about finding what works for people. So, not everyone potentially has office space anymore, which is what we our preference was really uh, in the office, but it's actually finding what works best for for individual. And um, yeah. so, some will, will remote workers and some will work as office workers and, and trying to find that the right balance for everyone. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Clary. Tom. Um, I was going to say uh, one of the best ways in terms of that of bridging that divide between uh, the, the young people or the new entrants, not even just young, the new pe new entrants into the industry. Uh, one of the best ways of them to get access to more senior people if they can't sit next to them is through uh, mentoring, uh, mm -hmm. of which Access VFX has got a very successful uh, mentoring program. But that that is as, almost as good as having someone sitting next to you who you can kind of like send work to and get feedback on it mm. uh, but potentially even more so because they're not in the same company so they can, they can give you kind of more kind of generalized advice as well rather than yeah. specific to that that uh, context so there's a call to action right there anybody listening whether pre or post this episode sign up via the website get yourself a mentor yeah yeah. We're just about to renew. Thank you, Foundry. Thank you, Chloe and Foundry. I've got some good news to share with you all after the call as well about that. Um, so I wanted to move on to uh, over-communication because when we were talking about it earlier, you know, about three, four weeks ago, I've personally felt there's a lot of communication every five minutes. Even, you know, I work in learning and development. So every training company is doing remote this, remote that, Zoom calls. It's really, really overwhelming. How are we balancing the kind of communication with our, our teams now then and your, your direct reports and the people and the people who are liaising with you if you work in a recruitment role you know how are we getting the balance right between bombarding people with information uh next to giving them some rich content and not just by watching this youtube video which will obviously give you lots of rich content if anybody want to take that or was it too hard a question andy <laughs> andy tom and sarah yeah hi this kind of feeds back into what sarah was saying as well about those um those conversations that you have with the wider your wider teammates company mates uh, lots of people that I don't really speak to at all at the moment um, I just honed it right down to thinking who do I need to speak to to get the stuff that I need done to be complete you know to be completed and it's um it's quite yeah it's quite odd really in a way um, mm -hmm. obviously you realize that you miss out on other conversations that in that, that spark other creative ideas yeah that's what gets missed I guess but it's just about being for me it's about re being really focused and really um making sure that I don't almost waste my time with other, with with unnecessary yeah. uh, conversations yeah. which maybe I did too much before you know you could maybe argue. yeah maybe yeah more focused we're a more yeah. well communication machine now right but that was also the one of the joys of being at work right that you mm. see other workmates and oh yeah you're doing that oh that's cool yeah we could do this yeah. you know um and i do wonder if there might be a point at which that feels much you know at, at the moment you can kind of focus on what you're doing because you know that certain things need to be done but at some point you're going to really start to miss that wider communication i think yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it does force you to be more acute and to listen more and to be more observant, ironically, when you're not there physically in, in the same space. Right. Um, I've got three of you to, sp uh, to speak. I have to say my language is terrible. I shouldn't do this early. I'm going to three of you to speak and then I'm going to move to YouTube. We've got a question that's come through. So, Tom, you're going to add to the, the dialogue. 
And um, yeah, I, I guess on that note, I think it's really important to remember that everyone's different. So I, it's similar um, to some of the things that have been touched on, early, touched on earlier in terms of like activities mm. uh, that Sarah was saying at, at Jellyfish, how you need to kind of create a, a range of things to do uh, for everyone. But mm. then there's a risk that that just creates this bombardment of, uh, yeah. of activities and things. So it's one of the ways reason. we've, yeah, one of the ways we've dealt with that is trying to shift uh, the, the ways the studios communicate so it's not there's not as much via email so we have we've split kind of all the more of the social chat put that into different um kind of chat rooms mm -hmm. so people can just dip into that when they want rather than being kind of bombarded with it mixed in with kind of work 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 mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's just trying to get everyone using the right channels at the right time so they can go to those channels when they want to rather than it mm -hmm. kind of being bombarded with everything which can be completely overwhelming yeah like one size fits all communication right yeah um sarah tanner pretty much um the same actually probably for for tom and uh, andy there as well though i think um what i've noticed is um the need to be more succinct and probably direct to get an answer quickly mm. because i feel um i feel like i'm putting on too much if i'm trying to uh, i just need to be direct so i can get a clear answer so i can get on with something and i also mm. don't feel like that person's inbox with loads of little different questions really think about what i'm asking what do i need i think also um what i'm encouraging my team to do is rather than sending 15 emails to one person who's off on holiday today or is who i know is in a meeting or is tied up save them all up and save it for the time you've got to chat with them in yeah. like at the end of the day or tomorrow morning don't don't keep sending emails or you know and filling up people's heads and with more more lines to review and more emails mm. to, emails to look at um, and and to tom's point there i think using the right channel so yeah. where you might have emailed now use teams where you might have used teams for a general chat put it on the social chat and not put it on the yeah. general chat because if there's really important information about how systems are working or what if there's a, a company-wide issue or anything that needs to go in in certain places so it's mm. redefining sort of the boundaries i think a little bit there um but and being considerate about how people are receiving all this information um mm. just keep it to, to the right um to the right sort of channels really but i think i think to um to andy's point as well i personally feel like i'm moving towards my sort of personality or preference preference in the way i work i am quite task orientated and i am quite mm. direct and I feel like I'm moving in that direction more, if, especially mm. if I'm not talking to someone. So I, I, I personally have to be a lot more aware of how that might come across if I'm feeling like I'm barking orders when I wouldn't normally do that when I see people, if I'm chatting to them in the kitchen or you bump mm. into them or you have a meeting meeting yeah. conversation. So there's a kind of, it, it's having a, a um, extra awareness about how you're coming across and, and, um, mm. um, and an understanding of how that might be interpreted, which is really important, I think. Okay, thank you, Sarah. Rory, you were going to add to that. Do you have anything new to add to that? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I think um, when you're sat in an office with someone, it's obviously very different than communicating via, via the internet. And it's very easy when, when you've asked someone to do something or you're chasing someone or something to look over and just see if they're doing it or not. Mm. Whereas you're sat behind the computer, you don't want it every five minutes. Oh, you, have you done that yet? So I think it's just a level of trust needed to, mm. to be this person is doing that and will let me yeah. Just leave them to it and yeah. i think there's there's also a sense of um i get a lot of people message about oh sorry i just saw your message i've been doing this and it's it's nice to remind people you don't need to justify what you've been doing i know you're busy mm. just there's no justification needed yeah just checking in yeah um chloe did you have your hand up no, nope, not for that one. No, no worries, no worries. Um, have I missed anybody out? Because I, I got feedback from my wife the other day that um, somebody was putting their hand up loads on the last call and I completely blanked them. So I just want to make sure I haven't missed anyone out before I go to YouTube. 
Okay, so we've got another question in uh, from Aidan uh, Lonergan. He said, um, it was slightly touched on before, but are there any tips for maintaining a good work-life balance? I'm finding it quite difficult to divide work from my personal life. Uh, Pete, and then Chloe. Um, I would say, it's different for everybody, but I would say having some kind of structure, but it doesn't have to be your normal structure, just a structure. So for me, I'm trying to get up at the same time I would, even though I haven't got to drive anywhere. Um, I'm trying to work out in the morning when I would have been going to the gym just to try and give my brain some sense of the start and the end of the day particularly after this long weekend it's you start yeah. getting bored of not knowing what time it is or what day it is I think you mm. want to give yourself that but also I think just remember to log off turn your notifications off yeah. give yourself time when you're not available because I think because everybody's working at different times everyone's shifted their patterns um, to fit working from home what it can mean is at the time you need to not be available other people are very available so it's just mm. basically just as long don't overburden yourself with being around all the time just allow yourself yeah. space for whatever that is you need to do whether it is to go for a walk whether it is to go and get some shopping whether it is to check in with one of, the, one of your relatives because mm. personal your personal life is bound to encroach vice versa because you're actually at home and also there mm. are wider concerns in the world which we're not all used to dealing with during a working day so mm. I think, yeah, for me, some kind of structure, but also give yourself a break that don't feel bad in either direction if you're doing a little bit more work here or if you're not available to work at another time. Okay, that's, that's good advice. Thank you, Pete. Chloe, you were going to add. Yeah, um, massively agreeing with Pete. I think one of the biggest points um, to make is that everyone is different. So what essentially works for me or with Pete doesn't might not work for someone else and how they balance everything. Like I yeah. will get up at the same time as well. I'll do a, either go for a walk around the park. I'll do my um, 10 minute exercise on um, online. And then at 12, I'll do another form of exercise, get my lunch. And then um, at, at about four, I will go for a walk. Cause I just think it like me, I need to break up the day a little bit more than I would do when I'm at work mm -hmm. because I will sort of on a tangent and work and I won't be able to, I won't be able to be as proactive with it. So I think that's yeah. how I structure my day. And at the beginning of the day, write down sort of what you want to achieve. You might not get everything that you want to achieve, but it's just having a little bit more structure that you can actually yeah. tick things off when you feel like you've done something is really, really um, work, work, working for me. Thank you, Clary. Uh, Jenny? I would say definitely make sure that you take regular breaks. I know that's really obvious and, and Pete and Chloe have talked about structure, really important. So taking regular breaks and just checking in with yourself. Am I having a good day? Am I not having such a good day? What do I need? Mm. And then carry on that at different points during the day and find a routine that works for you, not necessarily, yeah. as Pete was saying, the same one that works for everybody else because yeah. we're not just working from home. We're at home during a bigger thing mm. that's going on beyond beyond this yeah it's definitely bigger than just working from home for sure yeah. um sarah tanner yeah um something well very similar to, to everything that you guys were all saying about it and um, one thing i would say is uh, the structure whatever you decide that you need in a day to be at your best um uh tell your line manager or tell your producer about when you need to be away so if your structure isn't necessarily you know, in the studio, it might have been lunch was between one and two and people generally had coffee at 11 o'clock and at three o'clock 
or a sort of a reg relatively fixed structure. But as, as Pete and some of the guys were saying, it, it's not like that for anyone. It's really, really different. And, and just be open with your manager about it. So mm -hmm. if, you, if you're feeling a bit rubbish right now and you hadn't normally planned to go for a walk right now, go for a walk right now and just mm -hmm. say, to say, just be honest and say, look, I'm just having a moment. I just have to get away from my desk. Um, I'm going to go out for an hour and I'm logging off for an hour. I'll be back. Just yeah. let people know where you are so they don't think, well, yeah. A, don't worry, and then B, don't think, yeah. well, ooh, what's happening? I'm, I'm expecting them to be doing something. So just really important. Just keep talking, mm. I think, was the main thing. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Grace? Yeah. Um, I think I work closely with Tom, who's also on the call, and uh, he's been really good about um, sort of communicating. These are the times that I will probably not be online. These are the times that I'm probably not looking at my messages. Um, so that's been quite inspiring for me to um, sort of learn from that. Um, mm. There are ways like on Slack, for example, you can kind of yeah. turn off notifications and it will show that you're not um, currently online. You can snooze on Google. If you're worried about that, that kind of level of communication, you, those are steps that you can take yeah. to communicate to other people that you are not available right now. And that can sort of help yourself um, knowing that you've, you have communicated that to everybody. Um, and I think a lot of people who struggle with work-life balance are really struggling with giving themselves permission to relax. Mm. So what I recommend is uh, having, like everybody said, not everything works for everybody. But um, I remember when I was quite young and I was writing my dissertation, uh, I struggled with finding the line between stopping doing university work and going into the evening time. I would, uh, every every day, five o'clock on the dot. Um, didn't matter if I had hit my word count for the day or whatever. I would stop and I would do a workout. I would do a dance or do some yoga or go for a walk. Um, I know everybody always says do exercise, it helps. And it's kind of annoying to hear that sometimes, but that was what worked for me at the time mm. um, when I was struggling to find that balance. So I think something that's a marker can often help. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And being quite, um, not too rigid, but sticking to it. And we've talked about structure a lot on this, uh, this call, haven't we? Exactly. You, you are allowed to relax. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you, Grace. Paul? Yeah, I was actually going to say exactly the same thing as some sort of <laughs> shutdown routine. I think, you know, it's a common theme that comes up in lots of different um, uh, tips around productivity and, and also balancing, uh, you know, well-being and mental health um, when it mm. comes to work and stress. But, you know, having a shutdown routine, one of the things is to, you know, to get rid of um, the things in your brain that are work related. So, you know, writing a to do list for the next day so that you yeah. can then close that, put it away. And you know that the next morning you've got your list ready to start on, but then mm. the evening you can turn off. You know, sure, yeah. lots of people are very guilty under normal circumstances of diving into their emails and looking at notifications in the evening, which, you know, is fine. And that's mm. the, the modern way of working. But I think right now it's it's hugely important that everyone does give yeah. their heads a little bit of a breather in the evening. That's fair. Thank you, Paul. Tom? Um, yeah, I was going to say two, well, a way I've heard, I've also tried to do myself, is by separating your your normal kind of um, the way you work in a non-job um, sense. Uh, so, for example, I've in my bedroom, I've, I've repurposed a, a chest of drawers into a desk, so I'm not using my desk downstairs, which is been turned down for school but for my kids <laughs> but um but in the same way so it's so if you're doing work in the evening try not to do using for example using your work laptop and maybe just doing some doodling 
using a, a pad or on your or yeah. using your phone so try and work out what is your 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 work kind of kit and what's your kind of relaxing kit mm. and that doesn't I, i'm not saying you have to have two different laptops but you can just yeah, think, in, think in that kind of sense yeah, yeah. But if you think in that sense of how can you not how you can try and put your close your work laptop mm. at the end of work and then find other ways of relaxing that don't involve using your laptop okay brilliant thank you tom i'm going to andy and then jez so andy you're going to add to that yeah thanks uh, i just want to say hi to aiden he's one of uh he's one of our students actually oh nice um, yeah yeah so Hello, um and i just everything that everyone said is really great points and i just thought i would make one distinction obviously we are at work and students aren't as such at work and some of the we have obligations obviously we're still contracted to do certain things you know we have set working hours don't we really you know in theory generally speaking it's still kind of pretty much the same as it you know somewhere between nine it's easy for us i think to keep those mindsets of being at work i think it's challenging when you're a student to continue doing the the same level of work as it were um mm. i'm not sure what i'm trying to say here um i suppose what i'm trying to say is don't be too hard on yourselves do what you can i really like peter's point about find some kind of structure it doesn't have to be mm. the perfect one we're not yeah. looking for perfection at all in any of the things that we're doing we're looking to make things work as best we can mm. and you then you'll find your own way but mm. i think the most important thing is know when to stop working i think that's yeah, more yeah. Than anything in a way yeah i think the um, shutdown routine that um, paul talked about and the rituals that um that, that yeah. grace mentioned were really really key i'm yeah. gonna move to jez now jez you had your hand up sorry andy i'll come back to you no 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 it's cool man it's cool jez so similar to what everybody was saying but for me i found a sort of finding a purpose for my life part of the of the day is that you know utilizing my skills in, in other ways so recently i've just so i can sew and i really love organizing things so i've recently started a, a scrub hub in my local area to sort of gather people who can sew to make scrubs for the nhs and actually having that sense of purpose outside mm. of work has been really really helpful for me mm. again it can be a little bit stressful but just sort of having that community in the local area and just knowing yeah. that whatever you're doing you're utilizing your skills to do something else that's really helpful and i think that's really helped me a lot as well brilliant thank you jez yeah i like that kind of you know finding that connection and more connection in the community because we're not getting it through our colleagues physically yeah. are we in many ways so i'm going to go to um to sarah jenny sarah tanner and then we still i've still got a couple of questions on youtube so if we can kind of rattle through those the three of you i'm going to start with uh, sarah from frame store sarah yeah, um, just connecting to what Andy was saying, um, I'm, I'm also a student, um, doing my master's uh, part-time and I think for students, especially people like me that are working and studying, so have work, study, life balance. Mm. Um, I think one thing I, I found is that it's uh, an extra layer of stress um, and it's something that you have a completely different um, way of living it because this studying is something that you get evaluated on and the people react differently because there's some people that are throwing themselves into studying and like studying 10 times more because they have more time mm. and people like me that like I'm, I'm way too stressed and work I can shut off 
uh, study is the thing at the back of my mind that makes me feel guilty because oh my god I'm reading something that is not related yeah. to my coursework I'm looking I'm watching a movie about I should be studying so mm. I think trying to get in real rid of that guilt because this is something that we're all experiencing and mm. we're reacting reacting differently yeah. and we're finding our balance differently yeah so scary, yeah. yeah just not not be too hard on ourselves some people are catching up on all the courseworks and some people are just looking at a blank piece of paper and yes. both are fine because there's no uh, right or wrong there's just a big gray area okay thank you sarah jenny i think echoing what sarah was saying about finding a balance as what i said before just really learning to check in with yourself at least once or twice a day check in how am i feeling what do i need what works for me maybe it's what jez is doing and really getting involved in the local community but for someone else that might be too much so it's mm. really listening to what you what you need yourself yeah yeah i think there's a lot of pressure putting everybody to be kind of writing a, a, the novel that they've been thinking about writing forever or learning to play the guitar and actually relax, calm down, you know, not, not everything works for everyone. Um, Sarah Tanner, you had your logo up. Yeah, just, just very quickly, I think just on all of those points, I think there are, there are kind of um, mental health, um, England talks about kind of five key things around positive kind of mental health and keep keeping positive. And I suppose it's um, a bit like when you have a baby running through the cycles, of what you need to keep it going and keep it happy, really. But mm. um, the five key things being around connecting. So connecting with people, your family, friends, um, so talking, listening and, and feeling um, like you're not isolated, either being mm. active. So doing what you can do. And, and, you know, maybe that's walking. Maybe that's just walking around your garden or a little park or sitting, you know, mm. some, somewhere locally, be, be a bit active taking yeah. notice of, of what's around you, um, keep on learning, learning new skills, read a new book, um, or, and giving something back. So I think um, uh, Jez was talking there about, you know, sewing and putting, you know, giving something back and building, making a scrub. So mm. it doesn't have to be anything massive, but if you've got in your toolkit, there's five, five things to sort of think about, what, what can I do in that just to make me feel I'm doing something for me, but in my time. So yeah. I think that's always quite good, quite helpful kind of um, things to think about. Thank you, Sarah. So we did have another question. I didn't want to, to make sure everybody gets a voice on this on this call. And to add Vanessa, who, I mean, it's a pretty easy one to answer this one. Is the Access VFX mentorship program also available for students in Germany? Uh, the answer is yes, sign up. Um, access www.accessvfx forward slash mentors. Uh, go, go to that link, check it out and sign up. I think we're, we're growing all the time at the moment. I think the um, especially on the back of our last mentor episode. I mean, we're almost kind of tipping our 500 users now, um, which is pretty incredible. So I think this crazy time we're living in is doing a lot of good for, for e-mentoring for sure. Thank you, uh, Rory there. Um, so I'm very aware this is live, so we, we don't have the benefit of an edit after this, right? So we're live and direct um, and we've got five minutes left. So unless there's anybody else um, on YouTube, Tom, Grace, do we, do we have any, any additional questions on there or does anybody want to quickly post anything? Uh, there's there is, um, there's one from Quang Van uh, saying mentoring tutorials and online courses uh, are majority to be paid for. It's harder to get a job nowadays. How would uh, one progress as an individual for a better portfolio? Wow, that's a good question. Um, Everyone, want to quickly take that one? Recruiters in the room. Um, 
I'll give a self plug for Anim Dojo that's currently free. Um, yeah, I'll put that one in there. Sign up there, animdojo.com, which we're currently doing free to get yeah. free, uh, free uh, training and help. Great. Rory, Tom. I mean, Rory, um, and then Andy, and then Paul. Rory, go. Um, yeah, there are a lot of free resources online, but obviously as well, you've got the mentorship program, um, mm. you know, which will give you one-on-one access to people in the industry, and there's no better way to learn than directly yeah. through someone working in it. Brilliant. Thank you, Rory. Andy? Uh, yeah, hi. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's loads of good free access stuff on the internet, isn't there, all over the place, but uh, obviously a bit of a plug for Escape. We've got, check out Escape Studios. There's, we do taster days and online tasters and things like that as well, so uh, Thanks, please have a look, get in touch. Thanks, Andy. Paul? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, everyone's just saying there is loads of free stuff. But I mean, I have noticed that a lot of the paid um, sites and, and providers are offering tasters and free access to some of their content for free. So mm -hmm. if you go on the hunt, I'm, I'm sure there's more stuff available than there ever has been. Okay, thank you, Paul. And yeah, I should also kind of shamelessly plug Access VFX because we are planning... Uh, a version of what was the uh, the animation summer school. We're going to call it some, something completely different this year, and that will be completely free um, online uh, events that will take place that should support your 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 professional skill set as well. Um, is that fair to say, Tom? I know we're kind of colluding behind the scenes, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I think hopefully it'll provide an invaluable way of getting uh, not just seeing some kind of master classes like we did previously, but also getting feedback on your work as well. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, right, so we've got a few minutes left. Uh, anything else on the uh, on the YouTube thread? What I might, if we have anything after this, by the way. So if anybody wants to post anything on the uh, the YouTube page, um, we'll probably weave in some answers, perhaps in the uh, the introduction on the audio version, perhaps. Could be. Yeah, a, a but, I mean, there's there's only one. There's, I think there's one more question from Nelly Luckett, uh, who said, uh, "What's the best way to reach out to studios to get voices heard whilst in lockdown?" But I think. Uh, we talked about that for about an hour on our, yep. on our um, what's that? I can't remember the name of that podcast. Uh, staying, uh, standing out while staying yeah. in That's episode it. one yeah. of the series. So yeah, on this YouTube page, check it out for sure. And I want to thank all of you for, for getting involved. So thank you, Pete. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Rory. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Jez. Thank you, Jenny. And thank you, Andy. Um, another great episode. Um, I'd love to keep these going, you know, just to see how long Pete's beard gets, for example. <laughs> um, how, you know, and, and Andy's beard, he's, he's grown a fine bit of facial hair there. But um, maybe we come back and do something similar again. It seems to have kind of morphed into a, uh, something around resilience and mental health, but also around um, a career as well. So this may come back. You know, it's nice to see you all again. I feel like we're kind of like... Feel like your regular panelists on my my imaginary TV show, um, but um, thank you all for giving up an hour of your time. I know a lot of you are on annual leave this week as well, so uh, I think that went well. Thank you to anybody who's listening, who volunteered questions, and um, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to be putting some more um, episodes out. Uh, the next one we're hoping will be on personal brand, which could be really exciting. So. Uh, Stay tuned and thank you. And um, if you want any more information, go to the Atmosphere Effect website because there's a ton of stuff on there, access to the podcast, access to mentorship, access to blogs, information content. So stay well, look after each other and yourselves. God, I'm sounding like Joey Springer now. Um, <laughs> take care and thank you for listening and thanks for getting involved. Have a good day, have a good thank week. You. All right, thank guys. you. Thank you. Bye. 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 There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www. 
accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening and until next time, bye.